Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Whitney Sewell, your host on the Real Estate Syndication Show. Uh, today, we're going to learn about cost segregation and who needs it, why we need it, and how it benefits us, and some new rules uh, that are going to affect us. Uh, today, our guest is Paul Caputo. Thanks for being on the show, Paul. Thanks for having me on here, Whitney. How are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, Paul has helped business owners and real estate investors save tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in federal income taxes with cost segregation. Over the past two years, he's become an expert in forensic engineered cost segregation, an IRS-accepted and approved tax strategy that maximizes accelerated depreciation and significantly increases cash flow. He's proud to represent Segregation Holding, a national leader in cost segregation and one of only a handful of forensic engineered cost segregation firms in the country. Segregation Holding has secured over $1 billion in federal income tax savings since 2004. Paul is looking forward to helping many more investors and business owners get the most out of their real estate investments. Paul was also a guest on the Commercial Real Estate Pro Network with J. Darren Gross, which is also a great podcast I recommend. But uh, Paul, thanks for being on the show again. And would you just start by telling us a little more about your background and, and how you got into cost segregation? Oh, well, a few years ago, I started becoming interested in real estate, um, you know, just, uh, you know, saw all the shows about flips and everything and thought that sounded like a cool thing. Um, so um, really, I started looking around in real estate and I found out about cost segregation and I thought it was something very interesting. I'd never uh, really heard of it before. And then I started working with segregation holding. And, um, you know, just over the past few years, I have, you know, learned quite a bit about cost segregation and, you know, the amazing benefits that it gives to real estate investors as well as business owners. So I've um, been part of a lot of cost segregation since then. And uh, I mean, it's just always very cool to see what we can, um, you know, do for investors and business owners. Great, Paul. Well, would you start by telling us just exactly what cost segregation is and break it down for someone who is just getting into the business? Maybe they've done a few small deals or they're fixing to do that large deal, uh, you know, and is not sure what cost segregation is or what that term means. Okay. So um, as far as what cost segregation is, I could go on for hours, but I'll give you the short version. Um, Whenever you have any type of commercial property, and this can be anything, it can be a large apartment complex, it can be a single family rental house, um, it can be a strip mall, it can be you know just a little dental office somewhere. Um, any type of commercial property is going to have a depreciation deduction that the IRS is going to give you. So basically, if you have a million dollar building, you're gonna be able to write that million dollars off, but it's gonna be over a long period of time. If we're looking at a commercial property, that's going to be a 39 year. And if it's a rental property, like a big apartment building, it's gonna be a 27 and a half year schedule. What we do with cost segregation is basically break that property down into the four depreciable parts of it. 
the first part is going to be the land and you can't depreciate the land because the land's never going to wear out. Right. Um, so we're not looking at the land with cost segregation. We're looking at the actual building. Uh, the building is going to come down into three different parts. There's going to be the structural parts of the building and that's going to be, you know, the walls, the ceiling, the roof, everything that's the structure of the building or is necessary for it to be there. All that stuff's going to be on a 39-year schedule for a commercial property, 27-and-a-half-year schedule for a rental property. The other two parts are what we're really looking at with cost segregation. That's going to be the land improvements. Those get a 15-year schedule. That is anything outside the building that's not attached. Um, that's going to be stuff like landscaping, sidewalk, signage, uh, anything that's outside. Um, and then the really good stuff is going to be the tangible personal property. That's everything that's inside the building that is easily removable um, or something that is meant to be replaced. All of that stuff is generally going to have a five-year depreciation schedule. Uh, some of it does have a seven-year schedule, but for our purposes, we're going to have the five-year property is going to be what we're looking at 99% of the time. Um, so... Basically, the process of cost segregation is having a construction engineer come out, do a site survey of the property, so we have everything fully documented. Then we take all of that documentation back, as well as any construction drawings, any mechanical, electrical, and plumbing schematics, and we're actually able to pull the whole property apart on paper and then say, okay, this is a five-year asset. This is a 15-year asset. This is a 27-and-a-half-year asset. Um, so that whole process does take about four to six weeks to get all those numbers crunched. So it is very, very uh, you know, time-intensive. Um, but the benefit is you know, front-loading all that depreciation. So you are getting a much, much bigger tax benefit in the early years of ownership of the property as opposed to having to spread that whole benefit out over 27 and a half years. And I know with most, uh, you know, rental property owners, you're not looking at owning the property for 27 and a half years. So you're not going to be able to get all of that benefit without using cost segregation. Very nice. Thank you. And tell me, you said like front loading, I guess, explain to me why well, I know you did a little bit, but I guess go into a little more detail as far as why that's important to front load. And is that, um, you know, over five years or seven years, is that a time frame you're going to help me determine for this determine for this specific property? Or, or you know, am I just going to go by my business plan and say, okay, I'm going to do this in five years and you're going to make it happen in five years? What does that look like? Well, as far as the time schedules for the depreciation, that is something that is determined by the IRS. So that's not me saying it. That's not you saying it. That is what the IRS says. Anything that's tangible personal property has a five-year schedule. And like I said, in some cases, it's seven-year, but it's mostly five. Um, so with that, it really is with cost segregation, we're doing the depreciation the correct way that the IRS says, this is how you are supposed to do it. So with that, that just makes it a lot easier to plan when you are looking at your property. Um, it's not really going to change your hold period. Your hold period is going to be whatever makes the most sense to you. But with the cost segregation, 
you're going to be able to take advantage of more of those tax benefits that you would get from the depreciation in those early years, as opposed to, like I was saying before, having to spread it out over a long period of time. Great. Tell me, when when should a sponsor or uh, someone who's leading a deal like that, when should they contact someone like yourself? Well, the ideal time to get a cost segregation professional like myself involved would be when the property actually before the property is purchased um, because the a nice thing that we can do is when we have those allocations of this is the real property the 27 and a half year stuff and this is the personal property that is actually something that will lower the property taxes in most areas because if you have you know less allocated to the real property that is going to lower the property taxes. Um, also, you're going to be getting the most benefit from the cost segregation when it is done in the year of acquisition or construction. Uh, now with that, most of the cost segregation that we do is not proactive doing everything on the front end like that. Most of the stuff that we do is called a look back study. So that's gonna be on a prior year acquisition or construction where we can actually say, okay, you've owned this property for, let's say five years, and we go and do the cost segregation study and the IRS actually allows us to catch up all of the missed depreciation that you should have taken over the past five years, which is going to be all of that, all of those five-year assets. So if you do it after the fact, then you can actually still get a pretty good benefit out of it. And usually that's going to kind of be all in one shot if it's, you know, been owned for five years or more. Um, but the best time to do it is to do it at the beginning, you know, in the year of acquisition or construction. But we can actually do it at any time and we can look back uh, until January 1st, 1987. So basically anything, not anything, but almost anything that is currently owned and have a cost segregation study on it. And then every anything that's going to be acquired or constructed in the future can also have a cost segregation study done. That, that's great to know. So someone who has not pursued cost segregation, but maybe they purchased a property 10 years ago, they could reach out to you now and you could still go through that process and possibly save them a lot of money. Oh, absolutely. Um, with cost seg, the farther that it's been out, the less benefit that you're going to get. That's why it's always best to do it as soon as possible. Um, but even on a property that has been held for 10 years, as long as it's going to continue being held for the foreseeable future, there's still going to be a significant benefit. Um, like on a, you know, apartment building, if it is, you know, has been held for 10 years, then there's still 17 and a half years left of the regular depreciation on it. And we're going to be able to zero out all the five year and most of the 15 year assets. Um, you know, if the property's already been held for 10 years, so there is still going to be a significant benefit. It's not going to be as much as, you know, say the property's only been held for five years or if it is newly acquired. Great. Tell me the difference in someone who has, say a single family portfolio compared to someone who has large apartment complexes, what, what's going to be the difference in their timing or their relationship with someone like yourself? 
Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's actually going to be fairly similar. Um, the tax code really doesn't make any distinction between a $10 million property and a $300,000 property as far as cost segregation goes. Um, really cost seg is just to look at, all right, what assets qualify? So the relationship is going to be very similar. It is going to take us a little bit longer to do a cost segregation on a $10 million property than it would on a $300,000 property. Obviously there's a lot less assets in a smaller property, but the entire process, everything is going to be the same, whether we are looking at something small or a portfolio of properties or a huge property or, you know, I mean, even a giant aerospace facility. Um, I mean, we've done everything from small rental houses under $100,000 up to over a billion dollar aerospace facilities, like I said. And the process is going to be the same. Uh, there's just going to be different timing on something huge like that versus something small. Sure. Tell me, you know, if I, if I have a, or I'm in the process of purchasing a large uh, multifamily complex now, you know, I have everything lined up. It, you know, I'm doing my due diligence. I'm underwriting the deal. Would you, would you say that a lot of, a lot of people during that process will, um, say back out of a deal because the results of cost segregation or, I mean, because they're really relying on that or they are already, they've already made up their mind and this is just icing on the cake. Well, as far as cost seg goes, it is a tax benefit. Um, right. Tax benefits, I think, should always be icing on the cake. Um, I don't think that cost seg is really going to push somebody one way or another on a deal. It definitely could because you are going to be getting a significant tax benefit with doing cost segregation. But, you know, in anything, I would say the best that you can do on taxes, great, but but never say, hey, spend $100 to save $20. You know what I mean? Right. So cost segregation is always something that should be considered and looked at. I um, mean, the IRS has actually said, IRS, uh, excuse me, cost segregation is a lucrative tax strategy that should be utilized in virtually every uh, significant purchase of commercial property. So it is something that is important, but it is something that is very, very often overlooked. Um, by their estimate, there's only about 3% of eligible properties that have taken advantage of a engineered cost segregation study. So it is something that, you know, isn't really very well known, but it is going to provide a significant tax benefit. And it is something that works every single time. Um, we've never run into a situation where we haven't been able to provide at least some tax benefit. Um, you know, when you're looking at something like a larger apartment building, there's going to be a significant tax benefit on that. But yeah, there, there would never be any reason why you would look at cost segregation and go, okay, I don't want to do this deal. It's always going to be a benefit. Right. I would hope that because of your underwriting, you know, this deal works or, or that it doesn't ahead of time before you did cost segregation. Um, tell me what, uh, I, know, I know recently there's been some, some new rules, uh, or some changes of rules. And I'd really like to get you to, uh, explain some of those and how it affects, uh, people in the syndication business. 
Um, well, the biggest change as far as it relates to cost segregation in the new tax code is the change in the bonus depreciation rules. With bonus depreciation, we now have 100% bonus depreciation for the next five years. So that's until the end of 2022. And, and what is bonus depreciation? Bonus depreciation is a allowance for special depreciation. And what that means is that all assets with a life of 20 years or less can be 100% depreciated in year one uh, with the 100% bonus depreciation. So with cost segregation, we are our main focus is finding those five-year, seven-year, and 15-year assets in the commercial and rental property. So everything that we find that can be reclassified to those shorter periods, we can now 100% zero out in the first year. So that is a huge, huge benefit to the owners of the property. Um, so with that, it is pretty cool. And the huge change to it is Bonus depreciation has been something that's been around since um, 2001. And with it, it was always something meant to spur building uh, for economic development. So bonus depreciation used to be only applicable to a new construction where you're the original owner and you built the property. Now with the new rules, it also applies to used property. So for the first time, you can go out and buy a apartment complex and bonus depreciation applies to it. So it is a really, really significant benefit. And I mean, just the difference between being able to take 100% of those five and 15 year assets instead of having to put them out over five or 15 years, it's huge because you get all of that benefit this year. So it's making a lot of deals go from having a significant taxable income to having no taxable income to having a taxable loss. Uh, so that's something very significant in the first year if you don't have to pay any taxes on anything on your property. So it is, it is pretty cool. Wow. So a good reason to contact you ahead of time, especially now. Absolutely. So Paul, tell us, um, are there any other details about cost segregation that maybe I wouldn't even know to ask you, you know, if I'm pursuing that process and, um, you know, what are just some other things maybe you can point out to listeners that, uh, that we should know uh, that, that I wouldn't even know about the process? So I'd say the biggest thing that nobody really knows because it's very technical is that there are several different methodologies out there for cost segregation. The IRS has a cost segregation audit techniques guide, which is a guide for IRS auditors to look at cost segregation studies. So with that, that's not something that's really for us. It's for the IRS, but it's something that they make available to the public. So that is something that we use to say, okay, our study abides by the audit techniques guide. So with a cost segregation firm, you really want to be looking for a firm that is doing a detailed engineered cost segregation study, either using actual cost records or using cost estimation. 
that is going to be the most detailed, that's going to get you the maximum amount of benefits, and that is the only type of study that my firm segregation holding does. So with that, there are, like I said, a lot of other ways to do it, and those other ways are going to be cheaper, definitely, than doing a detailed study, but you're not going to get as much of a benefit, and it's not going to be as defensible to the IRS in the case of an audit. So with COSTEG, there are, um, like I was saying, many ways to do it. The other four ways that are described in the audit techniques guide called the survey or letter approach, a residual estimation, a sampling or modeling approach, as well as a rule of thumb. And those kind of go down as far as how detailed they are. With a survey letter, the firm is sending out a survey or a letter to all the contractors and everything that built that property to try to get their cost information. So with that, they kind of look at everything and go, okay, based on all the information that we've gathered, this is what the depreciation should be. Um, with the residual estimation, this is something that is very commonly used by CPAs. They say, okay, you've got this whole building here, we're not really going to look at the whole building, but any improvements that you do to the building, we've got the invoices and stuff for that. So from that information, we can go, okay, this is, you know, this is stuff that qualifies only from those improvements. Um, a sampling and modeling approach is something that uses a computer generated type of models or some statistical sampling to say, okay, we looked at a portion of this building and based on that portion that we've looked at, this is what we've extrapolated out as far as what's gonna qualify for accelerated depreciation. And then a rule of thumb approach is something very, very simple. That's just saying, all right, this is an apartment building. In our experience, apartment buildings have 15% five-year assets and they have 10% 15-year assets and then we call it a day. Um, so with that, that kind of gives you a kind of rundown as far as the industry goes. So it is always very important to make sure that you're getting a detailed engineered cost segregation study, either from actual cost records or using cost estimation. And those are the methods that are preferred by the IRS, but the IRS does not say you need to do it this way. They say it needs to be right. So... Uh, I'd say that's really the biggest thing that people should look out for when they are, you know, looking at different cost segregation firms or shopping things around to go, okay, how are you doing it? Um, because, you know, if I'm the one buying a property, I want to make sure all those I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed, everything is 100% correct versus going, okay, everything's, you know, pretty close to correct because uh, the IRS prefers everything to be hundred percent correct, as I'm sure you know. Of course. <laughs> Gonna thank you so much, Paul, for laying all that out. Unfortunately, uh, we're out of time, and I'd like for uh, you to tell our guests how to get a hold of you or how to contact you when they have questions or want want your services. Right. Uh, the easiest way to contact me is either give me a call. My phone number is seven two zero seven four four two zero zero seven. Or you can shoot me an email. My email is pcaputo at segregationholding.com. That is P-C-A-P-U-T-O at segregationholding.com. 
Well, thank you so much, Paul. Thank you all for listening. I hope you will subscribe and leave a review. That really helps us a lot. And we will talk to you tomorrow. All right. Thanks, Whitney. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success. 